You have to understand where you're at right now. And then from there, you can make the changes, whether it's cutting back stuff, selling stuff, or, you know, pricing it based on where you're at right now. But you have to understand your base. You have to understand where you're at before you can go forward. Hello, and welcome to Outer Spaces, a podcast dedicated to empowering designers and contractors in the outdoor living space. Through this show, I hope to create a powerful resource for you, someone who is trying to grow their company, but might not have all the tools and processes to do so. On Outer Spaces, we're passionate about breaking the chains of small mindsets and helping contractors just like you take control of their businesses and their lives. My name is Joshua Gillow, and through my 25 years of dirt under the nails experience, I look forward to sharing tips, strategies, and other contractor success stories here on the Outer Spaces podcast. Now, let's get on with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Outer Spaces podcast. Today's guest is Scott Mulchin. He's a respected leader in the landscaping industry. Uh, he helps landscapers succeed as a, a dedicated business coach. Um, he teaches them profitable estimating techniques so they can boost their profits and enjoy more out of, uh, out of life and out in the field. Uh, Scott is also co-host of the popular Million Dollar Landscapers podcast, where he shares his passions and expertise with landscapers worldwide. So today we have a deep conversation around profit. What is it? How do you get more of it? And why is it really truly important at all? Um, we share lots of stories back and forth about uh, some of our students and how they've gone from, you know, not really understanding their numbers, get, getting much deeper into that and understanding that there's power in numbers. If, if you're the kind of person that, that uh, is scared to look in the books or scared to open those books up and really do a forensic dive, then this episode's for you. Because I'm telling you, I was there for many years. And once I finally understood the numbers, once I finally got that fear out of my soul, I was free. So this episode's for you guys. Enjoy. Hey, Scott, welcome to the show. And I'm super excited to have you on. I know you've been doing a lot of great work in the landscaping industry for, you know, tons of years now. And I'd love to get deeper into your story and, and, you know, discover exactly who you are and how you help landscapers. But first, before we get into that, I want to ask a big question. What is profit? You talk a lot about profit in your, uh, in your courses, in your workshops and your podcast, you know, what is profit? It might sound like a dumb question, but honestly, what is it? Like, well, I, I mean, to me, it could be like two answers. One, you can get to like the, the business side of things. It's, it's, you know, the money that's kind of left over after everything's kind of paid for and the money that you're supposed to have in your bank account that you can do what you want to grow your business, to pay yourself, whatever it is. That's kind of the business side of things. But the other end of it to me is kind of more of a kind of emotional type of a personal type of effect on you. And it's being able to see that you are able to grow your business and able to do things because you, you know, started earning more money and started to make a big change in your business. So I think it's, it's, it's kind of a twofold type of, of question there. But, um, for me personally, I, I like to look at it in the aspect of, you know, that you are able to pay your bills, you're able to pay yourself most importantly, and you're able to, you know, pay your team what they need to be paid and, and deserve to build, then grow your business and continue to do that and, you know, and give to charities and do what you want to do. So to me, it's, it's a little bit of a, a, a more of a difficult answer than just like a straight out of the business textbook type of, of answer. But to me, that's kind of the, where I, I go with profit. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a great example of it, not just being numbers at the end of the month that's left over, right? That's how we often think about it. So I thought about it forever yeah. was, you know, it's just the extra money. Great. If it, you know, if it costs a hundred thousand to run the business for that month and you had 110, you had a $10,000 profit, right? That's yeah. great yeah. until overhead eats it up. You yeah. know what I mean? That's... And uh, so, 
you know, and I love that because you also tie in the emotional side of this too, because it is, there's something that happens inside of you that when you're running a business that's profitable, you feel completely different than when you're running one that's going check to check or what's going project to project, or you're barely able to make your bills. There's a difference emotionally and you, you approach your business differently. Have you noticed that with your students? Absolutely. Yeah. When you, when you are struggling to make that profit and you just don't have that money in the bank, you're, you're just grasping at everything that's out there and you're, you know, reaching for every single job, even if you know it's not going to be profitable just to have work and keep your people busy or whatever it is. And when you're at that point in your business, it's hard to make good financial decisions, hard to make any good business decisions, decisions on that because you're just reaching for everything. Whereas when you start making a profit, you become more confident and you can say no more comfortably to those jobs that you don't want to take on or jobs that just, you know, that aren't going to be profitable at all. So having that, uh, you know, that knowledge of, of making a profit is, is a huge, huge benefit to you. Absolutely. And, um, what I'd love to do before we get too far into the subject. So everyone out there knows if they don't know, Scott, um, Tell us a little bit about your background. How did you get into this? Are you in the landscaping world? Are you from the outside trying to help us? Like, what, where, where did you come sure. from, and, and what uh, gives you the right to tell us anything about profit? Sure. So I, uh, well, actually, actually, back in 1988, my, my family was farming. We grew up farming. My grandfather farmed, my uncle farmed, and all that great stuff. And uh, I remember I was out there, you know, shoveling the hog crap and, and doing my thing as a teenager. And my dad came up to me and, you know, said, hey, your mom and I decided we're going to start a landscaping business. And uh, so I was pretty much voluntold I was going to be a landscaper at that point. And, you know, I remember going out there and I'm like one of our first jobs I remember was uh, just grading a, a yard. And I remember my dad stole pretty much stole my mom's garden rototiller she had and going out doing, you know, doing all this stuff. So I, I grew up in the landscaping business. So my dad started it in 88 and I progressed my way forward and, you know, became the vice president. And when, you know, I, I married my wife, started really taking a dive into our numbers and looking and like just seeing we're barely making it. You know, my dad's struggling. My mom's only making like, I think at that time was like 13,000 or $14,000 a, a, a year. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, what's the point of this? You know, why, why go through all this headache and, and struggle when you, you, you can't do it. And then, you know, now I'm bringing my wife in, she's pregnant. Like my family's here, like this has got to change. So we started really taking a deep look at our, our lives and, and our business and realizing things have to change. So we started really taking a deep dive into our numbers, started learning our numbers. We actually brought in consultants and started just doing everything we could to, to change that. And that happened, uh, I don't know exactly, but it was like 2003, 2004, something like that. And from there, once we started really understanding our numbers, we started creating like estimating systems that are based around what it costs to run our business, what our equipment costs us, what our employees cost us, all our overhead. And once we started doing that, and then things started to roll, like we started making money. Um, well, but then that was good. We were making money, but then on the backside, we we didn't have our systems in place. We didn't have our procedures in place. So we were losing money there. Like I have a paper from uh, one of our reports. We lost a potential of $467,000 one year. We we're at two, hmm. like $2.1 million, a potential of $467,000 because we didn't have our systems together. Wow. So I was like, holy cow, you know, obviously that's not right. So we started diving into that. But at that point, my dad and I just – things were just, we were just butting heads. I don't know if you remember that show, uh, Orange County Choppers and the, like the father and son were building these custom mm -hmm. motorcycles and they were fighting. 
that was literally my dad and I. Like, I remember our, my one foreman, Corey, mentioning at that time because that show was popular around that time. Like, that's your dad. You guys need a TV show. So anyhow, long story short, I, I decided, you know, I have to either stay in the business and put up with this stuff or move on and save the relationship with my father and my family. So I split off from my dad and uh, started doing some side jobs on my on my own. I became a full-time firefighter and started just doing the side jobs, and I just started diving into it more and more. And then I uh, actually came across a podcast uh, of listening to somebody that was doing something similar of, of understanding how to estimate and how to add systems to their business. And um, I was like, and he started teaching other people. I'm like, well, if he's doing that, why can I do that? So I started, you know, looking at ourselves and it's like, you told my wife, like, let's start a business that we can start teaching landscapers this stuff. So we started teaching landscapers how to implement systems, how to estimate properly and how to understand the numbers. And that's kind of where we're at today. We started that about five years ago and it's been an awesome journey. I got to say, I love, love seeing the transformation of people are having in their lives. Absolutely, dude. And, and, you know, it's, I know when I first started, there was not a lot of this out there. You know, everybody no. kept all their secrets well mm -hmm. underneath, uh, you know, iron uh, door behind iron doors. You know, it was like nobody would ever give up the secret sauce. If they were profitable, if they were successful, they kept it to themselves. And, you know, thank God we don't live in a world like that anymore. Mm -hmm. Thank God there's people out there like yourself that says, you know what, I've learned something. Let's see if I can help people with it because I know what it feels like to suffer. I know what it feels like to go paycheck to paycheck. I know what it looks like to look in the account and see zero and you've got $5,000 worth of bills coming up for the business. You have no idea where the hell it's coming from. I've yeah. been there. You've probably been there. Like we've all been there. Yeah. So how do we help people go through that time? It's, it's important that they struggle. It's important that business people struggle because it puts a, a kind of a foundation that they know where they can, you know, they can get through just about anything. But it's also nice to know that they can reach out to people like yourself and to get the guidance needed. You've been there. You've done it. To get the guidance needed in order to get to the next level without as many black eyes and broken bones. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, yes. And tell me a little bit more about, you know, how that works for you, how your your uh, coaching works in order to help people. If, if someone out there is listening right now and they're having, they're struggling with profit, how can you help them get profit? Like, wh what's some of your first steps that you take them through? Because uh, I know there's somebody out there listening right now that is thinking, man, this sounds exactly like me. I don't want to admit it, but it is what it is. Um, Scott, what kind of information can you give that one person that's listening that really needs that right now? So one of the first things that we do in our program is help you understand what it costs to actually run your business. What are the true costs that go into understanding your overhead, what your equipment's actually costing you? You know, we as landscapers, and I'm sure you're like yourself, we love the equipment. We love the toys. We love having that and letting our team use it, whatever. But until you understand all those costs that go into the maintenance and everything you start seeing, it, it's like, it's a huge eye opener. Once we start going through those numbers and understanding what your overhead costs, what all those employees costs and equipment costs. So that's the first step. You have to understand where you're at and what it costs to run your business. And then from there, we can make an estimating system that's going to account for all those things in there. And when, when landscapers go through a program, they start seeing all those numbers and it's literally written out there in front of them. It's like, Holy cow, no way. It doesn't cost that much. Well, it does, you know, so that's the very first step. You have to understand where you're at right now. And then from there you can make the changes, whether it's cutting back stuff, selling stuff, or, you know, pricing it based on where you're at right now, but you have to understand your base. You have to understand where you're at before you can go forward. I totally agree. And I know I'm not really proud to admit this, but I remember many times or many years in the very beginning of running a business that 
I just wanted to buy cool stuff and your know, business had a lot of money. So yeah. you get out there and be like, all right, well, I just got to close this project. I got like $25,000 sitting in my account, just burning a hole in that account. And I'm thinking, well, you know what? It would be nice to go out. And back in those days, you could buy a truck for probably 30 or 40 or $50,000, right? A nice dump truck, or maybe it's a skid steer or something like that. So you'd be like, all right, that's a great down payment on that. Let's go buy something shiny. We deserve it. We've been working really hard, right? And year after year, we would do that. Then our account would say, hey, there's this section 179, you know, accelerated expense that you can take, depreciation you can take. And uh, it's good to go out each year and buy something, right? Because you don't have to pay the tax on it. And I was like, oh, sounds great, man. You've given, me, you've given me a reason to go buy stuff now? Of course I will. But what I found out, Scott, is that year after year of doing that, I eventually had what I like to call the tail started wagging the dog. All those payments would come due every month. And I'd be looking in the middle of winter because we didn't plow snow. So in the middle of winter, I'd be looking at five plus thousand dollars worth of payments that were coming in from all those shiny toys. And I just wait, Ooh, how am I going to pay this now? I'm like, I saved taxes back then, you know, only 30%, right? Or whatever the percent rate was at that point. And, uh, but still I have all these shiny pieces of equipment. I can do stuff with them, but some of that stuff I probably use once a week. Right. Yep. And then, you know, I don't even think about overhead. I just shut my eyes as a business owner and just said, I'm not going to pay attention to that stuff. That's scary. I just want to keep doing <laughs> nice stuff and looking out of the window of my truck with my arm out, looking all cool and not even looking at the numbers. And when I finally did open up the books, and look at the numbers, it terrified me. <laughs> I was like, oh boy, we need yeah. to start running this like a business and not like a, a collection and a toy shop to have, you know, $50,000 items that you use twice a month. And that, that was a big realization, but could you speak more into that and what you find people find when they start looking at their numbers more uh, forensically? No, well, exactly. One of the things you just mentioned in buying the equipment and, and listening to what your accountant said. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not an accountant by any means, but they're, they're a great resource to have. But accountants, and one of the, I've heard it from um, um, Charles Vanderkoy said this best. He, he's mm -hmm. written books on overhead recovery and stuff. Mm -hmm. And he said, accountants are historians. And they truly are. When you take all your information to them at the end of the year, they look back at what you've done already and they look at it and say, oh, you lost money, you made money, or yes, you have some extra money, you need to spend it on this. But they don't really take a look at, well, most of them, I should say, most of them don't take a look at where you're at and where you want to go in the future and make allow you to make the adjustments from there. So yeah, it's to me, it's if you're if you're going to your accountant at the end of the year, you can't make adjustments along the way. So you have to understand all your numbers along as you go and you can make adjustments as you're going through the year. So whether you're using, you know, program like we have or using, you know, software, you have to monitor all that stuff and, and then you can make those changes along the way. Um, but going back to your question, sorry, I got, I got off there a little bit. Um, but going back to your question, um, yeah, understanding what your equipment costs you, what your team is actually costing you and, when you start diving into just like the little things of like safety glasses, or if you give them, you know, boot allowance, clothing allowance, or buying them uniforms, whatever you do for your team. And, you know, you want to give them insurance and all that great stuff to keep those people because, you know, it's so hard to find people. We want to do things to keep them. And, you know, we want to give them raises or bonuses, but you have to figure all that into your cost of running your business. And if you don't, yep. it's coming out of your profit. And that's, that's the thing we see, you know, that's our end goal is to get that profit but if you don't have all these things right at the bottom, that profit's just going to lower and lower and lower on your, on your, um, on your end. And that's just really what hurts you. I remember like kind of along your lines, my dad wanted to buy this vent track mower, you know, it can go on the Hills and all this great stuff. And it was like $40,000 for this stinking mower. I'm like, dad, like we don't use that many or have that many projects to make it worthwhile. 
And he's like, no, we'll use it. Yeah, we'll use it. We use it like five times a year. Like we could have rented something else, you know, like having, you have to be able to look at some of those numbers and be able to justify that. And he went off what the accountant said, you know, you can get your refund or, you know, get the money back. Well, but I have to continue paying for that. I have to still maintain it and do all the stuff to it. And now he's right now he's currently selling it because we hardly ever use it. So again, you have to understand your numbers. That's, I can't stress that enough. And, and no matter what you take away from this, episode just take away you have to be you you know we got in a business because we love building stuff and creating all this cool shit but if you don't realize you're a business owner and understand your numbers you're never going to get anywhere no you're just going to keep spinning your wheels in mud and i learned that the hard way it was charles vander coy that actually brought me to this idea i sat in a a room with him and he he was just such an incredible speaker like he was just just powerful and he was talking about this and he's talking about a project that that he uh when he was bidding and you know his way he was just all like so over the top right and he's like well i i looked at it it looked really muddy so i just threw an extra dozer in there figured i'd probably dump one in the mud somewhere so (laughs) he says i just put an extra one in there and figured you know at least i'm covered but he just had a way of going through and his multiple overhead recovery system is what helped uh my first business with my family uh get through 0809 Mm -hmm. through the crash like because of the, the more system, because I knew the numbers, I knew exactly where I needed to land. If I didn't have that dude, I don't know that I'd be in this business today. We would have tanked hard because I was not charging what I should have been. And I wasn't thinking of these, these projects and this business as a, a math problem, not a, you know, a, a problem of not enough coming through or not enough sticking in the middle. It was a math problem. And I just didn't want to do the math. I just wanted to drive around and cool stuff and build stuff man the math stuff's for the nerds. Yeah. Like that's not my thing. And then when I realized, no, as an owner, this is part of it. If you want to hire people that can do that too, or have yeah. software yeah. that can help all that, but you need to get a sense of that. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, it's like, it's almost like, you know, I'm not much of a football guy, but I will say that I've been to plenty of games and imagine playing the game, the entire game, and having no Jumbotron, having nothing up there. That's how I ran my business for most of my early years. Every year was hope. Like, oh yeah, man, just the next project's gonna make it work. The next project will be more profitable. The next project's gonna put us on the map. The next project, like always, and the next project didn't. It helped, yep. sure, yep. but it didn't. But I was playing that entire game of business with no Jumbotron. I didn't know how many you know, touchdowns had been made. I don't know where we are in the field. I don't know how much time is left. I don't know what quarter went like. I don't know any of that stuff. I'm just out playing the game. And while that's fun, you can't do that long-term. You eventually burn out. There's just the chance of you hitting it right by luck is so small, it is ridiculous. You have a better chance of hitting the lottery. So once I realized I needed a Jumbotron for my business, I needed to know where those numbers were. I needed to know daily, weekly, monthly where that stuff is. It changed everything because now I can make decisions. Do I need that new truck? Well, Mm -hmm. yeah, it'd be nice to have it, but darn, it's gonna cost us much more. This is what our liability per month is gonna be. Then I can't do this. I can't give to charity. I can't, you know, give raises to to the team. I can't uh, do this or that. Like that eventually business becomes a math equation and you have to at least get a sense of what that is. And I say that because I went through way too much pain for way too long to learn that lesson. And you know, life will keep throwing the lesson at you until you learn it, and it did. And after it did, and I'm just saying that to the listeners out there, if this is hitting you right now because you don't want to face the numbers because you're afraid of what you'll see, trust me, your greatest treasure lies in your biggest fear. So once you face that fear head on and you look at the numbers, they're probably not as bad as you think they are. And how often, Scott, I'd love for you to talk in this, how often that when you get somebody that's either hopeless or like at the end of their wit or like 
dude, Scott, please help me out of this crazy thing that I got myself into. How often can you help them in a certain amount of time, turn that around or at least get in the right direction? How does that work? So yeah, we actually had a person that came to us. They were literally on the verge of closing their doors. They were taking payroll out of their, their bank account, just a personal bank account to pay you, pay the, to their team. And we started really just taking a look and, and it just literally came down to understanding numbers and be able to price the work accordingly. That was the problem. They're not charging enough. And most of the time, most landscapers are not charging enough. The, the problem came with though, is trying to get them to understand the shift of mindset that you have to charge more because then it's like, Oh, I have to charge more then I'm gonna lose clients. Well, yeah. I understand that, but you have to change if you want to be able to charge more Then maybe you have to change your clientele that you're going to. There's a, there's a lot yeah. to it. And, but once you started understanding and she started seeing the difference and started seeing the numbers, like whether a few months and once you started seeing it, she's like, Oh, okay, well now I can get rid of this client over here because they're not paying enough. You know, they did a lot of maintenance. They started, okay, well this Mr. Smith can go now and um, next month, Mr. Jones can go now. You know, they started seeing that and then things just started clicking and started rolling. Um, and once they started doing that, it is just like complete 180 of their mind sh- mindset of how, how to run their business. Once they started grasping these concepts and they're, they're not hard, it takes time. Don't get me wrong. It's not, it's not necessarily easy, but it's like any th- other skill out there, whether you're, you know, you're hardscaping, you have to learn how to improve that. You do water features, how to improve it. This is just another skill you can learn and, and adapt. Now, kind of going back to one of your points you mentioned earlier, this is the other thing you could do is if you don't understand it and don't want to learn it, hire somebody to help you do this. Because if you want to be, you want to be that skills person, trades person out there, that's fine. But you have to have somebody that's going to be able to understand those numbers and make those and point you in the right direction. Cause again, you're just going to be on a path down if you don't. So yep. that, that's a great point you mentioned earlier. No, it's, it's absolutely true, dude. And, and, um, you know, I actually have a story of, of a gentleman I spoke to that, you know, he's running a business has been for many years in the landscaping and maintenance world. And each month he had, or not each month, he had a maintenance contract with this one community. And each month he would charge them a certain amount for that community to, to do it. And he realized pretty quickly that he was losing money every single month he went out to the tune of a couple thousand dollars. He underbid it to get it. And then when he started actually realizing his numbers, he started to realize that he was losing money every time once he paid his guys, once he paid for the fuel, once he paid for all of that stuff, he was losing money. But you know the crazy part, Scott? It's the, you get emotionally attached to projects like that, right? Because each month a big fat check comes in the mail and you can look at it and you can feel really good. Mm-hmm. But imagine getting that check and knowing, and we're just going to use a you know, rough example here. If you got $10,000 a month from that project and it cost you $12,000 a month to run that project for that maintenance, and you realize that every single month you're stealing out of your family's pocket $2,000 because you don't want to face the truth, yep. right? And without the numbers, you don't know the truth. And that's why I stayed away from learning the numbers because I was afraid what I would see because they're real. Numbers are, 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 are exact. And I was enjoying myself, right? And hope was my, my best part. I was like, man, I just hope each month everything's going to be great. We'll have enough and it's great. We just have to trust the universe, the abundance. And all that stuff has its place, all of it. But there's also the realization of this is also a business and we have to understand those numbers. We have to understand our framework and we have to understand what we need, what, what it costs us to go out and do this project. And that's one big reason why we went from design uh, build to design manage, 
it's a much simpler model, right? We, we ask for quotes from our specialists and then we can mark them up and we can sell them back. So there's a lot less moving parts for us. And that's why that model works so well for, for me personally and for others out there that I help train as well, because it's, it's less of the moving parts, mm -hmm. but there's still a ton of responsibility with that. The cool part about that is you can, you can be more precise in your profitability because you have less, again, less of those moving parts. But I say all of this because once you face that fear and you open up that treasure of the confidence you get from this, it changes everything. Mm -hmm. It really does because now you can go out to those projects and you can confidently give proposals and estimates. And you know if that proposal is $57,318 and Mrs. Jones says, you know what? No, I really, I, I can't do that. I got a lower bid. You know you can't go lower, right? You know with confidence that that's your line. Say, you can say, I totally get it, Mrs. Jones. Take a look. Here's the reasons why it's this way. Uh, but that's my number. That's what I stand on. If you go less, you're not cutting expense out of the job. If you took that for 50000 instead of $57,000, you're not taking any money off the expense column. You're taking it all out of the profit column, mm -hmm. right? Yep. And at the end, you end up working the entire week or month or whatever it is for nothing. You can pay your guys. I get all of that. But when you, it's one thing if you're doing it and you know you're doing it and you know the numbers. It's another thing when you're hoping, yeah, I'll just get that job done faster. That's what I'll do. I'll put in 150 hours and I'm going to do it in 110. How often does that actually work? Listeners, how often does that actually work? Then it rain comes in and then it messes Every everything. Every time. <laughs> yeah. Or it's a site condition or the township or it's the, the, the client changes that are, their scope or something happens. Every darn time it happened for me that way. Once in a while I got lucky. Yeah. But most of the time, if, if I look at it over an aggregate of time, it was almost to the negative, right? So we've got to become realists in this world. So I'd love, Scott, for you to dig a little deeper into how do we make that shift? How do we go from a hope and a dream and lots of fun things to build to making this more, um, more of a business where we actually look at those numbers and we're honest with ourselves, even though sometimes it scares us? Yeah. No, it, you point out a lot of great things there. And it, it's really just changing your mindset that you are a business owner. You know, these all these things we talked about, all the numbers and everything all go into it. And until you really grasp that and understand that you're no longer, you know, the, the laborer, you're not the person out there always doing it, that you are a business owner and put yourself in those shoes and make the time to actually work on the business and start understanding the numbers until you do that, you're not going to make that change. And it, it's sometimes it's very hard for many people to, to make that transition, you know, and it's going back to the, the book, the e-myth, you know, the, mm -hmm. you're the technical person and then their manager and whatever, until you make that transition to being an actual business owner and making those adjustments in your life to do that, it's not going to matter. Now you can slowly transition out of that. Like just, I recall back to, for me, when I was transitioning, transitioning out of the field to actually become the salesperson and moving up to vice president, I went out with my team. I sat out there and said, God, I'm going in the job. I said, okay, I'm going to go sit in the truck now. I'm going to work on my bids and stuff right now. If you have any questions, you come up to me, but you try to solve this problem first and then you come up to me and then slowly, okay, I'm going to be gone. You know, I'm going to, I got him, got it set up and then I left and you know, I go do my estimates or whatever. And you can slowly do that. And that's, that's an easier path than just giving your team. If you just throw them out, throw them out in the, in the woods and say, here you go, 
they're probably not going to, you know, succeed on that. So you have to give them some guidance and give them, you know, the procedures and stuff, and then you can get yourself out. But you have to change that mindset of, and, and understanding this is a business. It's not a charity. We're not here to give somebody a free project or job or whatever. This is a business and, and you have to be able to make money for yourself. You have to pay your team. Well, you have to be able to make that profit so you can grow and do things. But until you do that, it's, it's not going to change. And, but, you, you have to start today and, and there's no better time than right now. I don't care if it's the beginning busy, you know, if it's a busy season next, you know, at the spring, whatever, just start it and start understanding your numbers and start looking at your business as a business. That's so true. It's so true. And, and if, if that's not you, if you're listening out there and you're like, this is just not me at all, find somebody that you can have become either part of your company or you mm -hmm. can, you know, outsource it to a bookkeeper, somebody that can help you with this. You know, I've been blessed over the years to find a great CFO that, uh, you know, each month we go through, we just did it yesterday. We sit down with Jack and we go through everything and we look at everything and we say, okay, this is what your average margin is. This is how much revenue came in. This is what overhead was like all the way through. And we know exactly what it is. We know what our burn rate is. We know what core capital we have in place. Like we know exactly that the big scoreboard, the jumbotron is clear every single month. We know that we come back and we say, how can we improve? How can we adjust? How can we cut here? How can we add there? And how can we support our clients better so they tell more people so we get more referrals? Like it, it, it gives you the, the confidence to go out there and, and be able to help more people. And that's the main thing. You're not going out there with just a hope. Um, and, and, you know, so I'd, I'd love to get into, you know, when it comes to profit. Obviously, we, we discussed what it is. We talked about what it's like not to have it. We talked about what it's like to find how to get more profit. So what is the good target profit, you know, net? that we should be looking at after we've paid everybody, including ourselves, paid all the bills, paid all of that, what should a, a, a solid net look like for you, for a landscaping company? So to start off with, and I've heard multiple different ways uh, or multiple different numbers out there, but I've heard, you know, anywhere between two to 3% is the average net profit on landscapers. I also heard 8%. And to me, they go, there's a whole nother subject on that of how they lay out their books and how they're becoming understanding that. But those numbers are terrible. We need to be shooting for like 10 to 12%, even higher in order to be able to do anything in your business. And unfortunately, many landscapers are stuck at that two to 3% and, and they can't, they can't grow. You can't do anything. You can't give your teams bonuses. I, I see people that are at that two to 3% and you know, they want to give their teams a bonus at the end of the year or after the projects on, I'm all for giving your team bonus, but if you don't have that money there, that then that two to 3%, you can't give them the bonus. I mean, you can, but then you're not going to have anything and you're not going to be able to grow and do anything. So yeah, it, it's 10 to 12% is like where you want to be. Uh, we have people that are going through our program. They're at 15. One guy just talked to him yesterday. He's going for 20% right now. That's where he's at in his business. And that that's amazing right there. Again, it's, it's important to understand the difference between gross profit and net profit. Uh, we hear, I hear other people out there saying, you know, shoot for 50% gross profit. Again, understanding all how those numbers lay out into your gross profit is important because how this person lays out their PL is different than how this, because there's no industry standards with like accounting. So if somebody says 50% gross here, it might be good for this person, but the way they have their books here, 50% may not be good. So that's a whole nother subject and a whole nother accounting type of thing you can get into, but yeah, there's a definitely importance to understanding net versus gross in your, and net is where it's at. You know, it's, that's, you know, I've heard what was it? Revenue is vanity. Uh, net is sanity. Um, I heard somebody say that before. I think that's a good thing is net is where, we, where we have money to be able to do things in our business and, and pay yourself and all that stuff. 
Absolutely. And, you know, when it comes to the profit and loss statement, I used to look at that all the time, right? Profit and loss. I'm like, oh, cool. Look, we got this much money. Then I look over at my bank account and I'm like, but why doesn't it say that much in there? <laughs> right? Profit, <laughs> yeah. you know, profit and loss at P&L, you can't take that and buy things with it. Yep. It's simply, uh, you know, an, an accounting thing that kind of gives you a, a framework of information, but you can't spend the P&L. You can only spend what's in your bank, yeah. right? So yeah. uh, be careful with that. And, you know, it's... I know I've talked to, to many people on this over the years and, you know, the, the average business somewhere between, I think you're, you're spot on with that somewhere between zero and 5% is yeah. an average. If you're doing $20 billion a year, then that's not too bad. Right. right. But most of us aren't. Right. Yeah. So with that being the case, you know, our target each year is 10 to 15%. That's mm -hmm. our target. Right? It can go higher, but we don't want to be much lower than that. And have we hit that every year? No. <laughs> it's been there's been years when that didn't happen and okay, what do we need to change to bring that up? And another thing that I used to do, that I cannot believe I was this foolish, but still used to do is I would look at the P&L back before I knew any of this stuff. And I would say, okay, but then just, just minus my salary out. Right. And then I'm like, oh, that looks so much better. That's what I want. Yeah. Cause yeah. if I didn't get paid, then I, this would be great. We're hitting like 15 to 20%. I only get paid what's left at the end. Right, Scott, I only get paid what's left at the end. So this is what the business is doing. And I played that game in my head for years until I realized, wait a minute here. I had one of my coaches said, dude, you can't do it that way. If you were to die tomorrow and you had to replace yourself, what would that cost the company? Because the company doesn't run without that function. Whatever function that might be, whether you're an installer, whether you're the, you know, in the, the office designing, whether you're selling, whatever your position is, what would that cost to replace you at your, at your level and all that? So you look at it, and you're like, well, if I had to hire somebody, it'd probably be, I don't know, 50, 80, 100,000, whatever it might be, fill in the blank. All right, that needs to be in there. Then I look at it, and I'm like, hmm. Yeah. We're at like 2%, right? <laughs> Where am I going to, what am I going to do? Do I got to charge more in the front line? How do I cut more out of the middle? Like it, now it becomes a problem, yeah. right? And it, before when we were just working on hope, didn't matter. It's like, oh, the next one's going to be, no, the next one's going to be the one. Oh, this one's cash. That's great. That's going to go right in the pocket, right? It's like, yeah. we know how this world works, right? You pay me cash. I can do this better. And then you think it's all profit. Then your business gets slammed with an expense, a liability for the cost of the project. Cause you're probably not paying for those things cash. Yeah. Anyway. It's, it's a funny thing. It's such an emotional roller coaster owning a business because you want to win. And we'll play games with our own minds in order to show ourselves that we're winning, but the numbers don't lie. That's the problem that are too real for most people, including myself in the beginning. Once you finally grasp a hold of those, you take that fear away, you finally have this incredible empowerment with them as well. Yeah. Going back to you know, your scoreboard reference, I think that that's a great analogy. I think a lot of people out there will look at their equipment as the, their trophies. That's, you know, I got the, I have this new skidster. I have this new truck and all these great pieces of equipment. You know, my team has all this, but if those are just trophies and it doesn't, you know, feed that bottom line, feed that profit that we talked about, it doesn't matter. You know, all that great equipment, is just costing you money in the long run. And it just, we can't use that equipment as a trophy. That's not our, that's not on the scoreboard that, you know, there's, there's numbers on the scoreboard for a reason. So you have to have to look at your numbers in your business. No, I totally agree. And being proud of your fleet, being proud of your stuff is fine. Yes. But to your point, that's and it, the thing is so much of what we do is, is, is in your mind, right? When it comes to design and figuring out how everything's going to work and the strategy of building everything, some of that's in your mind. And then you finally get to build this amazing space, space and take pictures of it. So to have the equipment as kind of the constant, that you can look at and be like, I'm really proud of this. We've come a long way. We started out with, I started out with a, an F-250. It was gray and the thing got run to nothing, right? It was, it was it, I think it got eight miles to the gallon if I was lucky, right? It had no dump bed, none of that stuff. But, you know, we started out that way. 
And once we got rid of that truck and then bought an actual dump truck, I'm like, damn, yeah, like we're getting somewhere. Like each day I go out and it's like, wow, we're getting somewhere. Yeah, but I got, I got 60 months to pay this thing off now. Okay, but it's okay. I, I got this. Really, the bank owns this, but it's okay. I got this truck. And then you buy this skid steer and then you get the trailer and you're driving around town and you go real slow past the gas station because you know your friends are there, right? And you have the name on the side. <laughs> Make sure it's lettered up good. Been through it all, dude. Like there, there's something exciting about that and there's nothing wrong with being proud of what you're doing there. But just remember... The real pride is when you have freedom and freedom doesn't come from those liabilities and all that stuff. Freedom is, is an emotional response. You get freedom comes from having three, six, nine, 12 months of core capital, you know, fuel for your business that if you don't sell another project, you've saved up a nest egg so you can get through the hard times. Freedom is going out to 10 projects and bringing at least nine of them home. Freedom is being able to say yes to your kids to go to that football game or that soccer match or to to go out to the movies and not have your phone running 24 hours a day and being able to sleep at night and shut it off like that's the freedoms we're after in business it's not the fancy equipment it's there's a transition if you will almost a maturity that happens with business owners that they eventually realize that there's a fulfillment a hole that there that's in their soul that the equipment will not fill they can have all the equipment they want, and there's this thing that's missing. They keep going for more, thinking equipment's going to do it for them, or things they can see, or accolades, or whatever it might be. But deep down, what we truly want is time, money, and freedom, right? And that's what our business is supposed to give us, more time to do the things we want, more money to do the things we want, and more freedom to do the things we want. And by buying that, those pieces of equipment and constantly spending into overhead like that, you are slowing the process of that ever happening down. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree 100%. The, it just goes back to understanding the numbers and basing your decisions off of those numbers because you can't get the freedom. You can't get the time to do what you want to do unless you understand that stuff. So again, yeah. just you have to spend the time learning these things and making some adjustments in your life to build to, to build, have the time, like you said, go to the soccer game with your kids or whatever. But until you start taking yourself, taking a look at your, your business and deciding, I'm going to be a business owner today. I'm going to spend time to start learning my numbers or talking to somebody that can teach me how to learn these numbers. Nothing's going to change. It's going to stay the same way. So you have to be able to change. You have to keep learning. I'm, I'm always going to classes. I'm always learning just because I'm a nerd, but I, I like doing that, but I'm not going to better myself if I don't do that. So no matter what you have to, you have to make that change in your business. Unfortunately, a lot of people wait till they're like that one person I mentioned earlier was literally taking payroll out of their own bank account. They wait to that point And then they're like, I have to make a change. Well, if yeah. you're at a point right now that you're doing okay, then why don't you make that change now and start taking advice from people like, like yourself or whatever to build and, you know, better yourself. And, and just, I just can't stress enough. You have to make that change. I, I encourage you to get out there and reach out and to better yourself. I mean, knowing your numbers is absolutely important. You know, I've, again, learned, learned that the hard way. Yeah. Got lots of broken bones and bruises from not doing it that way. Yeah. Uh, but one of the big things that shifted for me is when I realized that I didn't have to have all the answers. Because, yeah. you know, when you first start a business, you get your EIN and you're ready to go. They don't teach you how to run a business. They don't teach you any of that stuff. They don't know that you want to have core capital. They don't understand about... Uh, you know, profit margins, net and gross. They don't understand about overhead. Like, how could you? Like, we didn't go to school to be business owners. We just said, you know what? I don't want to work for somebody and I think I can do a better job and I want to take it all home myself, yeah. right? Nothing wrong with that. Yep. And so now it's a matter of let's learn how to do that. And you mentioned E-Myth earlier. That was a book that I read very early in my career that made a big shift, right? Michael Gerber goes deep into these things there, understanding how to create systems and processes. And that's when it all lit off for me. Yep. And I was like, all right, wait a minute here. So if I read books or went to seminars or went to immersive events or something to better myself as a person and to learn and become uh, more 
capable with a better sophisticated uh, you know strategy then it's possible for me to do that too. I don't even have to hire anybody to do that. You can, books are 15, 20 bucks on Amazon. You could read a book that absolutely changes everything. So the, the bigger thing is to get out of your own way. If you think you've got it all figured out, and yet you look at your books and if you're really, really honest looking in the mirror, you're like, dude, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm just showing up each day, hoping the next day is gonna be better. If that sounds like you, just pick up a book, go to YouTube, listen to something that Scott's putting out, listen to something that, that others in our industry that are giving back. Uh, are giving out, you know, just listen to it, open up to it, talk to somebody else in the industry, somebody else that you admire or trust or, you know, and, and so often, Scott, I know when I first started this, I was so afraid to ask people questions. First of all, it would make me look like I didn't know what I was doing when I had no clue what I was doing, right? There was this whole pride and ego bullshit that I was going through my head. But you know what? I was biggest, my biggest fear was that somebody would tell me no. I'd go to somebody that was doing really well and I'd be afraid like, hey, Scott, you know, I see you're doing really well. Can you help me with being more profitable in my business? And they'd be like, no, screw you, dude. Go figure it out yourself. That's what, I, go pound sand. That's what I was so afraid of. But you know what? The crazy part, Scott, and I'm sure you've experienced this too. I'd love for you to talk into this. Once I started asking people if they could help or if they've ever had this problem or what could they do, dude, they opened up their arms and they said, absolutely, come with me. I would love to teach you what I've learned. And it yeah. didn't cost me anything. Absolutely. I, I did the exact same thing. Yeah. And have you, did anybody ever tell you no? No, they, they said yes. They came in and I learned more from them or in reading books and all that and it started my entire process of yep. growing. Yep. You know, and then that's really what was the catalyst for me to shift from owning one business to multiple and going into all these different things is because I started to ask questions and I wasn't so proud and so ego focused of myself that I could actually ask other people for their opinions. What would you do here? How would you change this? Become curious. The next thing you know, things started changing because nothing changes unless something changes. Yeah. It might sound yeah. stupid simple, but you need to change something in order for something to change. It's that easy. This yeah. is what changed. And that changed everything in my world. And I'm, I don't know, I'd love for you to speak on that. Yeah, I, I did the exact same thing. When we were trying to figure out our numbers early on, You know, we started reaching out and, and doing seminars and all that stuff. But I reached out to a local concrete guy that I saw that was doing very well. So I'm like, so I, I reached out to him. I called him up and uh, I was like, hey, you know, just want to see if I can, you know, buy some coffee. We'll pick your brain a little bit. Just I, I need to learn our numbers. We're not right. Absolutely. Like he pulled me in open arms, show me all his numbers in his business and show me why he did things, why he did things and how to, you know, explain, start explaining things better to me. So I understood the, the P&L, understood the balance sheet and all that stuff. And. I reached out and then I'm like, well, I asked him. So then I reached out to another person and I asked our, I remember asking our hardscape supplier and he opened his arms and brought me in to help. It's amazing. Like when you start asking people and then it started clicking, like nobody's going to tell you no, or they may say, you know, I, I don't have time this week, but you know, a month from now, you know, let's set something up. Absolutely. You'd be surprised if you just reach out. I'm sure you get people emailing you and asking, like it's, it's awesome feeling when people ask you for help. And I think that's the same thing they get. They're like, Oh yeah, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give you some time, you know, to talk about it. Yeah. So don't be afraid. I think that's, you have to get past yourself to be able to understand. Yeah. That get past your pride and all that. If you need help, reach out, ask for help there. You'll be surprised how many people out there will, will gladly help you out with any situation you're in. Absolutely. Especially as men, we're taught that we should never ask. We yes. should always know everything. We have to know everything. And that is such utter bullshit. <laughs> Yep. Such bullshit. I'm calling out right now. It is bullshit. If you're a man out there and you feel like, you know what, I know everything, then you're already lying to yourself. Yep. You know, life is a team sport. We need to work with other people. We grow faster. We can leave a bigger impact. We can serve more people when we work together. 
And that's something that I had to learn again the hard way because I thought I knew everything. And once I opened up and started asking and inviting people out to lunch and learning more about their business and things that they learned along the way, I mean, half, hell, half this podcast is me meeting cool people like yourself and yeah. having conversations. And there's so many things I've learned and implemented in my businesses, the same things you guys are learning at the same time I'm learning them. I mean, this is what this is all about. I could just call Scott and we can have this conversation or we can do it like this. And maybe one person that listens out of the thousands will be like, you know what? I could do that. Yeah, that yeah. sounds good. And for me, that's a check in the box. That's success right there. So we get the opportunity to share these conversations. It's such a blessing to be able to do that. And, uh, man, I could keep going the rest of the day talking to you about, you know, this subject for sure. So how can people reach out to you, Scott? How can, uh, how can they engage you? What can you help them with? Sure. They can always email me. My email is Scott, S-C-O-T-T, at milliondollarlandskeeper.com. You can always go to our website, check out what we have available. We are actually doing a uh, free workshop here. The next one's October 18th. Um, we're going to be talking about how to build a profitable landscape business month after month. Um, and I'd you love to have a free workshop, a free workshop. Yep. Free workshop. Anybody yep. out there that's really struggling with the profit side, you'd be crazy not to take Scott up. He's been doing this a long time on his free workshop, sit in on it, learn. And you just, you just might walk out with one more piece of information you didn't have in the morning you woke up. Yeah. And we we're actually, it's a new thing for us. We're actually doing like two Q and A's because we've had so many people come ask questions. We do one like halfway through and then we're doing another one at the end. So Perfect. come in and ask, ask those questions, you know, anything, anything about business. And if I don't know, I'll point you in the direction to somebody that could help you out like Josh or whatever. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll point you in somebody that can get you a better answer if I don't know it. So yeah, definitely head over to milliondollarlandscaper.com. It's at the bottom page. You can get signed up for that free workshop. Uh, like I said, it's October 18th. Uh, it's in the evening. So if, if you're working all day, you can hop in in the evening, have it on, you know, throw your buds in, whatever, hop in and ask questions. I love it, Scott. And I appreciate you coming on today. I appreciate you sharing all you have. And uh, listeners out there, remember, you just never know when you open and expose yourself to new ideas and new people and new thoughts and new conversation, you know, you, each time, the goal for me, at least, I open up a book is to say, you know what, if I can read this book and learn one thing, it's worth it. Just one thing, not, you know, 75. I'm looking for one thing that could change it all because you never know what little piece of information or event or something will turn it all on. It is incredible. So constantly be curious, constantly be searching, constantly growing because that's what the human spirit wants. It wants growth. It wants progress. It wants to help people. It wants to encourage, you know, growth in so many different ways. So if you're out there and you're struggling with profit, reach out to Scott. He's got a free webinar coming up here. And it may be, just maybe you learn something that'll help you progress and make a, a more powerful, more exciting, more comfortable future for you and your family. And not just your family, but think about the generations to come. The things you do right now are gonna impact your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. What kind of legacy do you wanna leave? Profit is an important piece. It is not a bad word. It is something that we're all working for because with that profit, we can empower people around the world. We can help, we can give, we can give more at church, we can give more to different volunteer organizations, we can give time as well. It doesn't always have to just be money. But if you don't have time and you don't have money because you don't have profit, right? Profit meaning that you can step away from your business because other people can come in and do these things, then what do you have besides owning your own job? Well said, well said. Thank you. All right, guys. Hopefully this lands on you. This is such an important topic. It's very near and dear to my heart because I went way too long without, have, without focusing because I was afraid of what I would see if I opened up the books and dove in with somebody who knew what the hell they were doing. It scared me to death. 
because then my ego had been popped and it got popped. It got kicked right in the face. And it was the best kick in the face I ever got. So anybody out there that's feeling that, just brace for it. It's going to be great. And then you know what? You're going to grow so much afterward. But go figure out what your numbers are because then you'll finally be free. 